be generous people? And then also, how do we become generous people? Paul here is writing in a second letter to the Corinthians, and part of what, why he's writing them is to remind them about this offering that he's traveling around and taking up to bring back to the Christians in Jerusalem who are going through a very, very difficult time. And so, particularly in chapters 8 and 9, Paul is discussing uh, this matter of giving, and he's wanting the Corinthians to be generous and to uh, support this financial endeavor that he is making. And he concludes here in chapter 9 with the words that we want to consider this morning, beginning in verse 6, going through the end of the chapter. Paul writes this, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers, for you, their hearts will go out to you. Their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Well, I think even in this passage, we begin to see some things about what generosity is, what the biblical view of generosity is, and we'll see that it's not merely or primarily even about an amount. Let's note a couple of things here. If we go back to verse 7 here, I want you to notice, we're going to look at some clues, and with these clues, I want to work toward providing a definition of generosity. But a couple clues that we pick up on in this passage that will help us see what a biblical view of generosity is. Beginning here in, in verse 7, notice Paul says, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart. Now this idea of decided in heart, generosity isn't accidental. It's not just something that happens. It's just kind of a, a, on a whim, a good feeling. right? But it's an intentional act that I think requires some wisdom. Okay, this is a purposeful, intentional act of being generous. It doesn't just happen, right? I'm not just stirred emotionally. That's not what generosity is about. It's a planned thing. Okay, so what one has decided? One clue, right? Something that is intentional, there's wisdom involved. Okay, I'm not just going to give a lot to anything, but it's a planned action. Secondly, there in a second clue here in verse 7 is that generosity should be something that is done joyfully. 
So note, God loves a cheerful giver. And what makes it cheerful is, you back up a little bit, it's not reluctant. It's not under compulsion. Being generous isn't, okay, I'm given a large amount, and, you know, I kind of have to do it because God wants me to, and my church wants me to, and so, well, here you go. All right, that's not very cheerful. It's, you know, a person with that attitude is giving reluctantly. They're only giving it because they think they have to. They're obligated to. And that's not joyful, cheerful giving. And so, not only is generosity, again, something apparently that is an intentional act requiring wisdom, but it's also one that is done joyfully. And not because I have to, but because I earnestly want to do this. A third clue as to what generosity might be all about here. In chapter 8, notice Paul says, God's able to bless us abundantly, but notice why. Get toward the end of that verse. Having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And that good work, I think, is the good work of giving and supporting others who are in need of that. But notice that one abounds. In other words, generosity is the giving of something in abundance. Now, please don't confuse abundance with a certain amount. Abundance will be in proportion to the circumstances of the giver. And so abundance might not be, in our eyes, very much. But in proportion to what that individual has to offer, it is a lot. So yes, it's an abundant giving, but not tied to necessarily large amounts as we might view them. So, an intentional decision, again, that requires wisdom. There's joyfulness, there's an abundance. And I note a fourth clue here is in verse 9, as it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Generosity, in a biblical view, is for those in need. Again, it's not just giving a large amount away to someone who, or some organization who may or may not need it. Generosity focuses on giving resources to those who are in need. And again, that ties in a bit with wisdom in knowing who I should give to. Okay, not just anyone but purposefully deciding to give to, again, those in need. A fifth clue, I think, as to how the Bible understands generosity is in verse 11. Paul writes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. I think what's hinted at here is that generosity is a lifestyle. It's not just you know, an occasional act here or there when I feel like it. But generosity is something to be incorporated into my very life so that I just naturally act in generous ways. Okay, I don't have to be prodded. I don't have to be, you know, cajoled into being generous. It just flows naturally. It's a lifestyle that I live. We'll talk later about generosity being a virtue 
And a virtue is a quality of character, and someone who has that is someone who can live the generous life, not just an occasional act of generosity here and there, but their whole life is exemplified by generosity. Well, one last thing that I, I note here, at least in this passage, as far as a clue in verse 13 is, notice Paul relates generosity to being an act of obedience, Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ. So in other words, if I confess that Jesus is indeed king, right, and and that's my confession, Jesus is king and I'm falling under his lordship, then I obey the king. And thus, generosity just isn't some optional extra that's not needed. It's something that God has commanded me to do. It's something that I need to do as a follower of Jesus, if I'm going to confess that he is Lord, that he is king. Okay, so we have at least five again, clues here in chapter 9 as to what generosity involves. Again, wisdom in making an intentional decision to, be, to give generously There's joyfulness associated with that. There's abundance, right? The the designation is to those who are in need. Generosity is a lifestyle, and it's done in response to obedience to God. Well, the Bible says quite a bit about generosity elsewhere, but what I want to do is not so much look at some commands, but just to kind of fill in the picture a little bit, consider some examples of generosity that we see in Scripture and see, again, how the Bible thinks generosity ought to to be like. A couple of these passages we we read earlier. Of course, we, and we won't reread those, in Luke chapter 21, verses 1 through 4, we have the story of this poor widow who comes to the temple and all the religious leaders are giving exorbitant amounts of money, what we might consider and what many then consider, oh, those are generous gifts because it's a lot. Right? And here this poor widow comes with just the last few cents that she has to her name. She's given out of her poverty. Now, what does this tell us about generosity? Well, I think at least two things. Being the fact that she's given out of her poverty, she's given all that she had, generosity is an act of sacrifice. Generosity is an act of sacrifice. Yeah, those religious leaders gave a lot, but notice Jesus said they gave out of their wealth. It really didn't cost them much, if anything. Right? Yeah, it was a lot of money, and maybe we're impressed by it, but it wasn't an act of sacrifice on their part. This widow sacrificed in fact, we might even think what she did was foolish. She had no job. She had, as a widow, likely had very little to sustain herself, yet she gives it all away. It's an act of generosity. I also think we ought to see here an act of abundance. Again, not much by our standards or their standards, but she gave an abundance in proportion to what she had. We also read this morning in... 2 Corinthians 8, 
1 through 5, and again, we won't reread that. But the Macedonian Christians, who out of their deep poverty gave, and they gave joyfully. So once again, we see this notion of joyful giving, but we also see this notion of sacrifice that accompanies their generosity. Two other passages here that we didn't uh, consider, and you can just listen to these if you like. In the book of Psalms, and just to give us a, an idea too that this isn't just a, a New Testament thing, but generosity was valued in the Old Testament and, and taught. In Psalm 37, let me read beginning in verse 21, but I want us to really pay attention to the last verse that I'll read, verse 26. The psalmist writes, The wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. Those the Lord blesses will inherit the land, but those he curses will be destroyed. The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. I was young and now I'm old, yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken and their, or their children begging bread. And here's verse 26. They are always generous and lend freely. Their children will be blessed. So the righteous are those who are always generous. Again, I think there we have that idea of it being lifestyle. What Paul says, being generous on every occasion. And they lend freely. And I, this freely doesn't mean that, you know, of their own free will, although I'm certain that's true, but the idea is they're giving liberally. There's this abundance again of the gift that is generous. Then one last passage here in Acts chapter 10 verses 1 and 2 at Caesarea there was a man named Cornelius a centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment he and all his family were devout and God-fearing he gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly so again this man was generous because again his gift was for those in need and so once again, we see that, that component. But, you know, it's interesting as these notions of, you know, these examples of generosity in people are, what I find most intriguing, and maybe where we can learn the most about generosity, is from God himself. How often do we really think of God as being a generous God? We think of God's attributes, oh, you know, he's holy and he's just and he's all-knowing and all-powerful. And all those are true and wonderful, but we should also realize God is a generous God. Just a couple of examples, and we're not going to read these passages. I'll just mention them uh, for, for time's sake. But you think all the way back to the Garden of Eden. When God creates humans, he places them in this garden, and while we focus on the fact that God says, don't eat of this tree, what does God say right before that? Of every tree in the garden, you may eat. Just accept this one. I mean, what a generous God. He doesn't say, here's only one you can have, the rest you leave alone. No, all of them, eat all of them. There's just this one tree over here, I want you to obey me and not touch that. The rest, they're yours for the taking. What a generous God. Again, abundance. Abundance. In the 
passage that was read this morning in 1 Timothy 6. Again, talking about God gives us everything for our enjoyment. Again, once again, abundance is there. God gives generously in Titus chapter 3, verse 6, of his Holy Spirit. In Right here in our passage, the very end, notice it says, thanks to God for his what? Indescribable gift. I think related to salvation, but most importantly to his son. And the verse that most people, Christians, are, are, are not, know, John 3.16, God loved us and gave us his son. So notice, even God's gift of generosity of his son required sacrifice on his part. And it was done out of love. Okay, so now we're starting to see, again, qualities of generosity that don't just have to do with amount, but there's so much more involved. Let me mention one last one that might be surprising, and that's in Deuteronomy 14. There was a tithe that the, the Israelites were to give, and this is accounted in Deuteronomy 14. And this might surprise you, and then I want to read a few verses, beginning in verse 22. Be sure to set aside a tenth of all that your fields produce each year. Eat the tithe of your grain, new wine and olive oil, and the firstborn of your herds and flocks in the presence of the Lord your God, at the place he will choose as his dwelling for his name, so that you may learn to revere the Lord your God always. But if that place is too distant, and you have been blessed by the Lord your God, and cannot carry your tithe, because the place where the Lord will choose to put his name is so far away, then exchange your tithe for silver, and take the silver with you, and go to the place the Lord your God will choose. Use the silver to buy whatever you like, cattle, sheep, wine, or other fermented drink, and anything you wish, then you and your household shall eat there in the presence of the Lord your God and rejoice. You see this? This tithe that rightly belonged to God. What God does is say, I'm giving that back to you for your enjoyment and to enjoy in my presence and celebrate my goodness to you. Here we see, again, a generous God who gives of his own back to people in abundance and for the purpose of joy. And I think to, that idea of rejoicing in God also means he's joyful as well. He's rejoicing right along with the people. So from 2 Corinthians 9, from these examples of generosity in, in the Bible, maybe we could come now to a clear picture of what a biblical view of generosity really is. Now, let me give you my definition of generosity. If it's helpful to you, fine. If not, you can come up with your own and probably just do just as good a job, if not better. Here's how I define generosity, then, when I consider all of this. Generosity is the moral virtue that moves a person out of love to give away valuable life goods and to do so wisely, abundantly, sacrificially, and joyfully to others who need them. I'll repeat that. Generosity is the moral virtue 
that moves a person out of love to give away valuable life goods and to do so wisely, abundantly, sacrificially, and joyfully to others who need them. I think that's the picture of generosity. You know, it's important. It's a, it's a virtue. Again, it's a, a quality of character. Again, that has all these other qualities among them. If joy isn't there, right, if abundance isn't there, if it's not done out of love, all of these things, it's not a generous gift no matter how much. But God, again, looks at our hearts to see why it is that we do things. Okay, so that's all nice and good. This is, you know, we understand generosity. It's this character quality out of which, due to our love for others, that we give, you know, joyfully and abundantly and and so forth. Okay, but, you know, why is God so interested in us being generous? You know, what's the big deal about generosity? Why? Well, I think we need to go back to our passage here. 1 Corinthians 9, and we see clearly why God wants his people to be generous. Now, let me mention one reason that we're not to be generous, that oftentimes we think that we should be, and that is for our own self-interest, right? The reason I should be generous is that you know, God will be generous back to me and give me all this stuff. But again, notice how selfish that is. And oftentimes, people take verse 6, and they read it all alone without thinking through the rest of the passage. And notice, if all that we heard was verse 6, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, whoever sows generously will reap generously. Oh, good. The more that I give, the more God's going to give back to me. Okay. Well, not so fast. Yes, that's true, but let's think about it in its context. Why is it that God wants to give us back things generously when we've been generous? Well, let's look at, uh, for instance, uh, verse... um, Verse 8, okay? And God is able to bless you abundantly. We we like that so far. Stop right there. But notice why. So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Okay? So, he gives us these things, not for our own selfish uses and purposes, but so that we can continue to be generous toward others. And why is that so important? Well, I think for two reasons. One is that we best image God when we are generous. Now, this idea that we are image bearers means that we reflect, or we should reflect, something of God's glory and his goodness and his grace. And when I am generous with the things God has entrusted to me, I give a clear picture of a generous God. So, out of my love for God, I ought to be generous so that his glory is manifest. And notice in this passage that we read... Notice in verse, uh, for instance, verse 11. Again, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in what? Thanksgiving to God. 
Notice verse 12. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. And in verse 13, because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God. Again, for your obedience that's in, again, association with your confession of the gospel. So notice, our generosity points people to a generous God. So to image God well, we're to be generous. But secondly, God wants us to be generous because it's through us that he shows his generosity to other people. We're the conduits of God's generosity. God entrusts us with resources through which we can help others. So, out of love for God, out of love for others, to be God's conduit of generosity, we are to be generous people. That's why. Not for our own gain, but for God's benefit. For the benefit of the needy through, as a, a conduit through whom God will bless others. That's why we need to be generous people. That should be our motive. And that shouldn't surprise us. What did Jesus say is the greatest commandment? To love the Lord your God with our whole being and your neighbors yourself. Generosity accomplishes that. When we're generous, we're showing love to God by, again, pointing people toward him. And we're also allowing God to use us for his generosity to other people, out of love for them as well. Okay, well, how do I become a generous person? Well, the text doesn't tell us here, but let me just offer a couple of examples quickly as we we draw to a close here. Since generosity is a character quality, it's not something that will just happen to us. Generosity will take practice. And so the first thing that, if I want to be a generous person, I need to practice acts of generosity. Just as an athlete or a musician, to become good at those things, they need practice. I don't wake up one day and say, you know, I love to play the piano, so I'm just going to go and play a concerto or something. How stupid is that? You know, That doesn't work that way. Well, I can't just wait. Oh, okay, I'm going to be generous and just sit there and hope it happens. Generosity takes practice. So practice acts of generosity. One of the things that I do, my family does, is that part of our budget each month from paycheck, we set aside to be generous to those who are in need. That we have their ready, that when we come across somebody who is in need, that we can be generous even with our money. I have a a, a colleague at church who will often carry a $50 bill with him so that when he meets someone who's in need, he has some resources there. Yeah, my family, we could use that money for other things to enjoy ourselves and so forth, but it's a good reminder and a good practice, again, to develop that characteristic of generosity. And I'm sure you can think of some much better examples. But we need to practice Generosity, practice acts of generosity. I think the second thing is spiritual disciplines. The disciplines of the spiritual life can help us become generous people. One of the reasons that we have difficulty in being generous is because we depend upon our stuff too much. What spiritual disciplines do is they start to take 
our attention off of ourselves and our things and focus on God and depend upon him. See, if my dependence is upon God and my dependence isn't upon my stuff, I'm going to have an easier time being generous with the things that God has entrusted to me. So spiritual disciplines, whether you know, solitude or silence and, and these kind of things, can help me avert my attention from myself and my stuff to putting it all on God and starting to depend upon him. One last thing here would be find a mentor. Find someone who is a generous person and learn from him or her. You know, we do that in lots of other areas. I want to get good at something. Again, think of sports or, you know, music or some other thing. I learn from those who do well in it. Well, same thing. Find a generous person and learn from them how to be a generous individual. So there are things that we can do to incorporate this into our, our lives so that, again, we can be generous on every occasion and do so naturally. So the question then is this, are we going to set about being generous people or not? That's my encouragement to you. And even as we heard this morning, it's not just about money. A generous person, if that's a character quality, they'll be generous with all of their resources. Money, yes. As we heard, you know, the planning for a missions trip with time. Now, are we generous with our time? Are we generous with the abilities and skills that we have that other people could use? Our, the energy that we have. You think there's so many resources that we have, both tangible and untangible. How generous are we? With those. Well, if I'm generous in character, I'll be able to be generous with any and all of those things. And so when there is a need, I'll be able to respond. And I'll be able to respond in abundance. I'll be able to respond joyfully and sacrificially. And I'll be able to respond wisely. Because I love God and I love others. And so someone who acts in that way is not only a generous person, but they can do generous actions. You know, how do I know, and what gives me reason to believe that that small, what appears to be small $30 gift was one of the most generous gifts that have ever been given to me? The reason I can say that, the reason I know that is because it came from generous people. And how do I know that they are generous people? That gift was given, again, at a time when I was in need. It was given by people who didn't have a lot. It was given because they didn't have a lot in abundance in proportion to where they were at. They gave it joyfully. And they gave it out of love and with no thought of getting anything in return. That's how I know it was a generous gift. It's because they gave it in a way that the scriptures express was a, a generous way. And in so doing, it did bring much thanks to God, much glory to him. 
and it met a need at that particular time. So remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Let's pray. Lord God, we're so grateful for your immense and unmatchable generosity. You have given us all that we need, more than we need, because of your deep love for us. And you've done so in ways that required you deep, deep sacrifice. And yet the joy with which Jesus went to the cross and endured all of that shows how generous that you were to us. And Lord, I pray that in response to your generosity, we would also be known as people who are generous, who act in the same way, thus giving you glory and honor, but also showing and expressing our love to others by meeting their needs. So Lord, may we go from here this morning committed to doing what we can to be generous people, knowing that in and through us, you will accomplish your kingdom purposes. And it's in the name of your Son, Jesus, and the power of your Holy Spirit, we ask your help with these things. Amen.